Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. I have a happily married couple here with me today. It's going to be exciting. Uh, So we're going to be talking home values. We um, are going to be very parent and family driven on this episode. So I hope you enjoy it. And I think it's going to be a real good time. And I have um, Mel and Joe Hashi here. And before I introduce you to them further, let me give you a little background about this couple. And uh, they've been married for 16 years and they're raising three boys. Their ages right now are five, 11, and 13. Uh, Joe was a teacher turned entrepreneur in the fitness industry who realized he was spending more time on his work than his family life. Uh, Mel was a social worker turned stay-at-home mom. And in 2020, they decided to move 2,000 miles from home to a better place aligned with their family values in order to refocus on the most important organization in their lives, which is their family. We are passionate about cultivating a strong family environment, says Mel and Joe, uh, by providing uh, parenting uh, very intentionally. And we have formulated what they call a strong family path which is a clear strategy that helps parents gain confidence, create a strong family bond, and helps them raise confident, independent, and resilient children, which is what we all want. Please welcome Mel and Joe Hashi to the podcast. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. I'm very excited to have you guys. You guys have uh, kids aroundish my age, and um, sounds like we are very similar in goals. Uh, so I'm very excited to dive in, but before we do, I'm going to ask you my, you guys and choose who goes first. My icebreaker question that I ask all of my guests is what is your favorite cookie and, or cookie memory? Yeah, my favorite, I'm going to go first, Mel, if that's okay. That's okay. You thinking? Mel likes to put a lot of thought into these things. I can I... shoot from the hip. Uh, favorite cookie memory was uh, when I was first getting introduced to the fancy cookie game, not just the run-of-the-mill chocolate chips at home, I was at a Sam's Club, and I was a big fan of cookie cake. That's what I used to get for my birthday every year, and I saw a double-layer cookie cake. They went oh. one on top. Yeah, I know. They went one on top of the other, got it, immediate sugar headache, regretted it, but um, it was the first time I was introduced to the double-layer cookie cake. And mine, I have to say, is the rancher cookie, which I don't know if it's very well known, but we went one time to Ponderosa, which I now dislike. <laughs> However, the, the one except for your cookie. The one thing I... I remember loving was this rancher cookie. And it just has like cornflakes in it and caramel in it and oats in it. And it was just like this gooey, wonderful cookie. So th- that's mine, along with my little story from Ponderosa. <laughs> oh yeah. It didn't sound like a very fun time other than the cookie part. I still remember it. So it must've been memorable enough to, to mention it now, at least. <laughs> Has it been a while since you went there? Yeah. I think that was like, the only time. And this was probably like 15, 20 years ago. Oh, it's so been though. a long time. Yeah. The that's when I was memory. first introduced. <laughs> yeah. That was when I was first introduced to the ranch rancher cookies. So how fun. Yeah. 
I'm sure you guys, you have three kids, they're boys. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, my youngest, who's six, who's a boy, um, loves to be in the kitchen. So do you guys um, participate in cookie making or anything like that with any of them? Our oldest loves cookie making, believe it or not. And yep. he loves cooking. Uh, we've been on a, a path to try to make as much healthy options as we have. So he helps make our granola, which is a little sweeter, like the cookie he helps make our, our keeper and our kombucha and the middle one helps too. Um, so they get very involved in the kitchen. It's, it's been a great process. Yeah. Well at 13, he's able to go online and look up recipes and then he just wants to try them. The big piece for me was that I'm kind of a control freak in the kitchen. So I have to like leave the room and let him do his thing because I know he needs to learn. And oftentimes, like, I like what he makes more than he does. So it works out to my favor. <laughs> yeah, you're probably like, I'm a cleaning, like, as we go. And so yes. um, I totally yeah. get it. You spilled some flour. Like, let's wipe it before it gets worse. But I just have to walk out. Like, I just. <laughs> you don't want to micromanage and, like, damper their creativity. But at the same time, you don't want to, like. It's your kitchen and you're like, oh, it's more to do, but exactly. But he's smart now because he'll say to me, mom, I found a recipe. Can I please do it on my own? So well, he's very clear now that he understands that I'm going to do that. So I just have to say, okay, I'll just leave the room. I can't watch because it'll still give me like anxiety, <laughs> but it's been fine. It's just a cleanup. No biggie. I'm yeah. Right. <laughs> it's funny. We did, um, I needed some family photos and I was, you know, a friend of mine is a, is a photographer and I asked her if she would do them and she's like, yeah, I won't, you know, whatever. And so she had an idea. She's like, can we do like a flower fight in your kitchen? And I was like, you, you know me long enough. Like, really? <laughs> and she's like, I'll help you clean it up. I'm like, okay. And so we did it last week. I scheduled it. Um, it just happened to schedule on a Tuesday and my like cleaning person that comes every other week to like deep clean was coming Wednesday. So I was like, you know, whatever we miss, it's fine. <laughs> and we did, we did a, uh, we baked cookies to, I mean, we did a, some stuff for the website and just some for the home. And at the very end, we reflowered each other and the kids really got into it. And I'm still finding flour <laughs> in between like the shaker door, like in the crevices. Oh, I'm sure. Are you glad that you did it? I am. The pictures came out great okay cool um, I mean I have I mean we are covered I have a gray streak <laughs> right here and by the time we were done you couldn't tell that I had brown <laughs> hair at all um but they had a lot of fun and they all it was not that hard to clean up but um I have to say like I'm still finding flour but it's a fun memory but it it took like it took a lot of cleaning. So I'm sure it did. And you know, this makes me think of one of our, so one of our values is personal development. And every time something comes up, so like if my kid wants to cook, I try to think about it in that lens, right? Like, am I going to help him like move forward by letting him do this thing? And then also for myself, knowing that I have to leave the room to be able to let him do that is like development in all of our parts. You know what I mean? It's hard to relinquish that control, especially if you're a control freak, because you you don't want more to do later because you're busy enough, but at the same time, you don't want to, you know, damper their experience or make them feel anxious. And and then right. they benefit that. from it. I want him to grow and learn someday. He's going to be on his own and he has to be able to cook for himself. So I have to look at it through that perspective. It, yeah. I'm starting to try. My oldest is nine and uh, almost 10. And then I've got an eight year old daughter and a six year old son. So they're all very, 
active, but my oldest is very like, he likes his documentaries. He likes video games. He's very intrinsic. And so he's more of that um, quirky humor. And I have to try and put myself as a nerdy, almost 10 year old boy, which I'm girl. <laughs> I mean, I find my, I feel like I'm a nerd. I'm an inner nerd because I like to know the inner workings of everything. I'm like that weird person that watches TV or movies and like looks up all the facts or like the backstory of the person and then who's linked to what it's crazy. Um, so I try to remember how it is and not be like, is that weird? I'm like, no, that's age appropriate. It's, it's fun for them, like mm-hmm. trying to get to their level. Right. So, um, you have, um, so you're from the fitness industry. Um, I have a fitness background and so you were probably doing trading for, you know, hours for dollars. So are you still doing that now? And I'm sure you're implementing also at home with your family. Yeah. Great question. So originally I was a high school economics teacher and I started a passion project in my basement to help people live longer and healthier lives. Worked with a lot of athletes because I was a college athlete and had some injuries that I wanted to help the kids avoid. My father was very unhealthy. He passed just when I got out of college from health-related issues. And so I started the company as a passion project. I got to skip the painful phase of hours for dollars, kind of. It wasn't like I was in a commercial gym exchanging an X number of hours. We kind of had our set schedule. And as the company grew, I was able to to hire employees that were more, uh, get them up to salary base. So they weren't having to go and like sell personal training in a commercial gym, which is kind of what I wanted them to avoid. Uh, but it's been a great learning experience. Did for 15 years, not doing it currently. I run the company. Um, I do business consulting for gyms around the country, which has helped us kind of take a business mindset to our family. Uh, but went through all the process, do train my own kids. Mel and I had our morning workout, we're very active. I will go to football practice. My oldest son was trying it for the first year. And um, kind of that dork who's walking the track the whole time while the other parents are sitting in the, sitting in their cars. But I, I got to maximize my time and get the walk in. And uh, so it still affects my life a lot, but I'm not currently training anyone besides my family. That's very cool. I mean, I, I think it's important to start it early. Um I have exercise science background. I was a student athlete myself. And then I had injuries, you know, very similar. Um, I've had several uh, spinal surgeries. And so um, I took that path after I kind of, after um, kids to get healthy. And then I realized I've taken the last three months off and my kids have asked me lately, like why I don't work out anymore or when are you going to work out? And I was like, they noticed that I was and now I'm not. And so they really do watch everything and learn from what we show them. And, and so it's important. That's a great point. And sorry to hear about the spinal injuries. Mine were were four knee surgeries that, that got me around to it. And, uh, we bake it into our morning routine for our kids. So our kids get up and we want them to start the day with a little bit of energy and not coming out like all mopey, like knocking the sleep out of their eyes. They have a five minute exercise routine that they do every morning before they come upstairs from their bedrooms, it's just basic stuff. They do a plank, they do a couple of bodyweight squats, a couple of pull-ups, um, and a, or a wall sit. They're right? boys. It's, They're boys, right? Yeah. They, I mean, they are. Um, yeah. So they get up, they, they do it. They come upstairs, they do their morning routine, which is help out, uh, prepare their morning shakes, which is a healthy version to help prep their lunches. 
and then we can go from there. But it's baked in. It's not like five minutes of exercise, you know, from your exercise background is not going to change their world, but it will change their habits, which then can change their world. And so that they see it as an important part of the day. And, and this summer we intentionally did family workouts. So I think we had set the goal for two to three times a week. So Joe and I try to work out together every day, but over the summertime, especially since the older two were going to do sports, they joined us for workouts. And since Joe has a training background, he knows how to make it fun. He knows where to focus. If this kid's playing football and this kid's playing soccer, and then I even got to do some like athlete training. So we bought some plyo boxes. Oh, <laughs> that is not something that I was really familiar no, they with. They are foam just for. <laughs> oh, right. They're like, <laughs> they're not the like, big good ones. Yeah. They're mom friendly plyo boxes. Um, but oh, even, our, okay. even our five year old loves to jump on them. Like, so it's exciting and it's fun for them. They don't feel like they're going to the gym for a boring workout. Like, they, we really enjoy the time together. And even if there's some moaning and groaning at the start, by the end, like we're having a good time. We got the music going. Um, as long as the five-year-old's kind of doing something, everybody's entertained, you know? <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, I my when I was just starting out doing the home workouts, um, because I have to now, I've noticed like my back starts to hurt if I don't keep up with it. So I just, I took off today because I just start. So I do it in the morning. I drop the kids off at school. I come back, I do my, my workout except for on Wednesday, I got up before they went to school. It was first day trying to be like awake and I'm not a morning person, but <laughs> I did my workout. I have the new puppy. He gets me up. So that was a really good thing to have the week before school. Cause you wake up in the middle of the night, like a newborn. So I worked out. I can't walk. I was like <laughs> waddling. Cause I also ran three miles the first day. And I was like, that was probably a little ambitious. Uh, you so really jumped in strong there. Yeah. You know, I took three months off and I just decided to sleep more this summer and I, I had just moved and it was a weird schedule. It was our first um, split summer with their dad. And so getting used to the week on, week off or some, and all, you know, so that was a lot of adjustment. So when they went back to school on Wednesday, I was like super excited and uh, I would love to, and I remember they used to pull out an old laptop and pretend they were working out too. And I was like, I was like, oh, I do. I work off of my laptop and I work out in front of it. And so they watch and my daughter likes to work out with me. I think for me, when I work out with my kids, I'm nervous that they're going to hurt themselves because I have very, so I used to have like a whole space at my old house. I now have one upstairs, but it's kind of in their game room. So there's a really big, like, don't touch mom's weights. So I have a bench weight rack and then some bands and a ball, nothing crazy. And, uh, I'm so afraid they're going to like pick one up and drop it on their foot or hit each other with one. Um, so how do you make near misses? Yeah. yeah. How do you like, which is there something specific that you guys have with your kids that you can keep it safe and friendly where you don't have to supervise them like super close. Yeah. We do a lot of body weight stuff. A lot of like primal animal movements are called. They work on their bear crawls and stuff because we stink at it and they're great at it. So they love to see us struggle, like like walk like an alligator. Like it's really hard. Um, we have the parallel bars so they can do a lot of body weight stuff on that. Uh, it's a lot of body weight stuff. We got a pile box. They can do jumps. They certainly fall occasionally. Um, the only thing they ever use the weights for is some farmer's walk. So basically they'll get little weights, hold them by their sides and they walk for like a minute and they set them down. We've taught them how to set them down and, make sure they don't land on their toes. But other than that, we don't really have them 
on much weights. Even the 13 year old occasionally will do something with just the straight bar, like, Hey, un just practice unracking a squat once and walk back in. Uh, so we keep it really basic and they, we keep them really busy with those things. Right. I think, I think the biggest piece of this is that they have some choices that they can do things. We don't want them to like be turned off to working out because the equipment could hurt them. So they have enough options that they can do without needing the weights. And we actually recently bought some more equipment and had to rearrange because half of that room, kind of like yours, is like a TV slash game area for them. So we're not always in there with them. And they we had to rearrange and actually put the parallel bars in a spot where they can watch TV and be doing stuff on the parallel bars, even if it's just like a hang or something. So it's just a kid-friendly layout and make sure that they know which pieces they can use. I don't really ever see them just going for the weights just for no other reason, you know, there's enough, enough options for them without the weights. The plyo box is probably the biggest that and the parallel bars, but the biggest things that keep them busy. My, my six-year-old loves the, the exercise ball and he's rolling on it. So I'm like, you're going to hit your head on the table <laughs> just because you're being so, or he jumps on it. I bought bean bags, like four pound weights, but they're bean bags. So they're safe for them to pick up and drop. And then my youngest was very insistent that I buy him one pounders and they're bright pink and he has his one pounders and he'll come out and be like, I'm working out. So I'm in at least instilling it. Um, yeah. so I would like to do some more family stuff. Um, I'm really bad about working out on weekends. So maybe implementing that with them because they don't do sports. Um, they were, and then they lose interest in trying to get them, um, really like my daughter's a great swimmer, but it got too competitive. And it kind of scared her. And so I'm trying to ease her back in, but I want them to be active because I've always played sports and I don't mm -hmm. want them stuck on this. You know, there's so many screens and games. And so um, you have three boys, so I'm sure that they love gaming. So how do you regulate that? Is there a tactic there that you approach? We do. We actually just recorded a podcast about how we handle tech time because it's almost an, an evolving issue. So each of our kids has access to something. So one has a laptop, one has a tablet, and then the little one tends to just use my phone for games. We created a chart. I'm a huge fan of charts. I laminate them. They're dry erase. So what we actually do the same. Is, do you? Okay. Language. We oh, understand yeah. each other. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and this is one of the special things. Part of our strong family path is a weekly family meeting. So at the family meeting, we bring up discussion topics. And I'd say at least once a month, tech time is a discussion topic. So when do you, sorry to interrupt, but when do you do these family meetings? The same day, every month time? Well, it's once a week. We tend to do them during dinner on Saturday, okay. just because that's a consistent time for us. And it's nice that we're all at the table. We're all facing each other. Um, and it really can be done anywhere. It's just a matter of finding that consistent weekly time where it's expected and the kids look forward to it. And sometimes they'll have topics that we're like, okay, that topic can be held off till the meeting and they know it's going to happen and they'll get their chance to talk about it. So with tech time specifically, we came up with, we actually said to them, we like to define what success looks like. So success to us is going to look like you being able to control your time on your device. So it's important to be able to have accountability and be able to start and stop. Because as adults, we know we can start scrolling. All of a sudden, an hour goes by and you have no idea like where this time went. So we created this chart where I have a, a little box for every, every day of the week. And they get basically an hour a day. And we broke it down into 15-minute segments. Because at another family meeting, the kids realized that the, the hour would just fly by. So now they use 15-minute timers. 
and when it beeps, they have to turn it off. Is that always easy? Of course not. Do we have to remind them? Yes. But they have that idea that they have to be able to stop what they're doing, whether they're mid-game or mid-video or something like that. And they have to mark it off. So there's just a little like hash mark with a dry erase marker. And once they have their four for the day, they don't get to use the device anymore. You know, there's, so then that's just, we've done this for quite a while now and they understand the system. Now we do adjust. So for summertime, they got an extra 15 because they weren't in school. On the weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they get an extra 15. Um, we worked in a wild card once a week. So like we've always kind of finding a new way to accommodate their needs without going over the top. We're not going to just say, okay, on, on Saturday, you can just have it whenever you want. You know, we really try to keep it consistent. And the is other piece, oh, go ahead. Television is, sorry, is that including television too, or is that just like? It doesn't iPad. include TV. Um, they do get some extra time in the evening after they shower, but our kids don't really watch TV during the day. If they were always turning the TV on during the day, that would be another family meeting topic we'd have to address. And it's different yeah. for the five-year-old. He gets to watch a little more TV than the others do. But, so we, you know, I mean, we, yeah, we try to be, I mean, he has his own little chart though, because he got jealous that he didn't have his name on the chart. So he gets three a day and he gets to mark them off. And he's like, he's like, mom, can I use, they call it a time, um, which means a 15 minute piece of, you know, chunk of time on my phone. And I say, okay, go get your timer, go mark off your time on the chart. He does it. He's accountable, which is one of our values. And he just gets it. He knows that's the, the expectation. And um, recently also, we noticed that in the evening, sometimes we'd be on our devices and that was bothering us. So we had another family meeting and we brought it up and we all decided that on Thursdays after 3 p.m., which is after school, no one uses a device like at all. So and we end up having an awesome time. We go sit on the porch for an hour and just chit chat. We think of some silly games. We play charades like wonderful things come from boredom when you're all kind of hanging out. Yeah. So that's been our process with tech time. So it kind of evolves and we're sensitive to the fact that, you know, things can change. And whenever we make a decision at a meeting, we're like, let's try it on for a week. If we hate it after a week, we can come back to the drawing board next week. But um, the magical thing really is the kids often come up with the solution. We put it back on them. What do you think we could do? And all of these ideas minus the chart, which is probably my... <laughs> I probably suggested having a chart, but their ideas came from in the form of, Hey, 15 minutes. Hey, we can mark it off. Hey, we can use timers. That all came from the kids. Uh, absolutely. Um, I struggle with the, with the screen time because uh, at least in the summer, a, we talked before we, we jumped on that. It's so hot here. And so we can't do a lot of outside time unless you're in water. And even then it's the water is not that cold and you can get burned and it's just not fun. And so you have to really limit your outside time. And then I work from home. So trying to keep things in budget and not like going overboard. So we were trying to like scale back the TV time um, because there's not a lot more you can do unless you like camps or something like that. Games are always fun, but then it gets loud. And then if I'm, you know, so it's a, it's a delicate balance. And then at their dad's house, they're on, they all have a screen of some sort, multiple. And um, so that's a fun co-parenting topic. But um, so when they come now to my house, we, um, my, my dad calls it uh, like deactivate them like reprogram them. So they know that when they come to my house, especially when they come off of a, some time over at their dad's, 
no screen. There's no TV, there's no phone because they've been on it for so long and they need to just like calm the reins, um, mm -hmm. and work it back in later. Um, because it's challenging to get them to wind down or agree, have all three of them agree on what to watch too. You know? Oh, I'm sure it is. You know, two things come to mind for me. We kind of do this silly thing with the kids where we'll say, if you watch too much TV, you're going to get a mushy brain. And I think to a degree that's true. I think the more time you spend on a device, the less like capable you're being of social, like socially being in a, to interact in like a really great way. So even though it's kind of an ingest, I think it at least plants the seed for the kids to know that I can't do this always. Like you're going to be an adult someday and you're going to have to choose for yourself. And the other thing that I thought of was we had them create something we called a board board. So like B-O-R-E-D, B-O-A-R-D. <laughs> so they each had to sit down for like 10 minutes. I mean, I helped the five-year-old, but the older two had to make a whole list of things they could do when they're bored. So, cause you know, sometimes if I'm bored, I just don't think of things I want to do. So to have a list to refer to is really helpful. We do this with snacks. Like I'm hungry. Okay. Go look at the list of chosen snacks you can choose from right now. And it can't be like mac and cheese or whatever. Like it has to be something from the list. So I think the board board really helps because it gives them options. They might look at it and hate everything, but at least they have like 10, 20 things that they have to look at and maybe decide whether it's reading go for a walk, play a board game with a sibling. Um, you know, if it's hot outside, maybe there's like a little mini workout. I don't know, 10 jumping jacks. Sometimes just getting your body moving a little bit gets your creativity, you know, going. Yeah, that was going to be my question is, well, what are the kinds of things that are on, like that they've come up with on this, on this board? Can you think of any others? Yeah, they have reading on it. They have Lego building on it. They have uh, art on it. Our middle son especially likes doing some art. Um, they have reading to their younger brother on it. So that's a big one. Oh. Older two like to read him a book because it gives them value and provides value to him. Uh, there is exercise on it. Um, the older one likes 3D printing. So if available, going to the library, which our library has it for breaks. We live within a budget too. Is that yeah, a thing yeah. I don't want right now? Yeah, they go down to the library, he 3D prints some toys and he comes home and builds them. Yeah. It's kind of a free thing at our library. And so he loves that. He'll print them out. And when he's bored, he'll build the object. And then the one who loves art will paint it. Um, huh. a great, the great part of it is having an option to do what in business we call LMA, lead, manage, and hold them accountable. And they say, hey, I'm bored. Say, okay, go check your list. Like, like I'm not saying, no, you're not bored. Like, I'll give you something like a, a, <laughs> acting all tough. Like, oh, I'll give you bored, something to do. Clean your room. Bored. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Plenty of so, stuff to do, guy. <laughs> yes. So they prefer to choose themselves versus have me choose for them. But I commiserate. I'm like, yeah, it stinks. But like, there's not a lot going on right now. Uh, do you need help solving that problem? Or are you able to solve it yourself? I'm like, yeah, we'll solve it ourselves. Because they, right. they know we'll get something. And they have to know that mom and dad are not responsible to entertain them at all times. You know, like they need to do that. And I've had to give a little bit. So in our house, my desk is kind of this little jut out from a hallway. So I don't have like a door I can close, but there's a big space behind my desk. And I let my middle son get this little indoor. I'm not sure if it's made for indoor, but it's a little soccer net that you can easily transport. And we, we let them play soccer inside. Yeah, um, I, I let my kids um sometimes will bring their scooter inside and I'm like, all right, just don't <laughs> run the dog over, or, you know, hit my wall or, you know. Right. Like we can't have our cake and eat it too. I want them to do something with their time. And sometimes that thing has to be active. 
And I want to give them a lot of good options. And oftentimes the the young, the middle one and the younger one will play soccer behind me while I'm working, but it's awesome. Like, I'm so glad that they think to do that. They could do it downstairs, but another one of our values is being together, wanting to be together. And honestly, I just think they like to be near us on the same floor of the house. So I'm not going to like shoo them away downstairs. The only time we shoo them away is when we're recording podcasts and we're like, you need to go downstairs. <laughs> That is, yeah, my kids are very attached. So it's actually hard to keep them out. And so when they come home from school, I try to keep, I try to like be free if they, you know, cause I have um, a sitter that helps me since I'm single mom. So um, she goes and goes and gets them and then brings them home and just helps me a few hours in the afternoon so I can finish my work. And I try to explain to them that like your day is done, but I'm not. So I try to be at least accessible. Mm-hmm. Um but when I'm not, my doors closed. I've tried like the sign that said like, don't come in. And then my five-year-old, my six-year-old will just, what's this? Stay out? No. <laughs> right. It's got an it. invitation and to come in. I can come in whenever I want and then put it on the door. I'm like, that defeats the entire purpose of like, <laughs> if it's closed, it's an important meeting. And um, we're learning that regulation, but um, it they want, they crave time. And so- I want to reward that last night. Actually, I was really swamped and then trying to play catch up on my personal stuff. And I was on my phone and I was doing something and my youngest was like, mom, are, when are you, can you just be with, when are you going to be with us? And I was with them, but I wasn't with them. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Put it down, do it later. But him acknowledging it in that way is um, it's, it's now starting to click where they're understanding what present in the moment is versus just being a body in the, in the, in the room. Right. And it sounds like you took what they, what he was saying, he or she, I'm not sure which of your children it was, but what yeah. they were saying and actually acknowledged it and did something with it. It's easy to just say mom's working. So you have to just stop. Um, so to acknowledge it and then make a change. And that's something also that one time, one of our kids, we do something called tough truths during our family meeting. So Joe and I, or one of the kids can call out like a criticism of somebody else. It has to be, you know, out of love and we want to help that person. Constructive. Thank you. So (laughs) one time our son Henry called Joe out on having his phone at the table. And ever since then, and yes, it was work-related. It wasn't like he was scrolling Facebook, but we realized we took what he said, that criticism, and he hasn't brought his phone to the table since then. And then the kids see that they bring value, what they say brings value and that they matter. And these weren't things we had to deal with when we were kids. No, we are a newer thing. So yeah, we had pagers, or, <laughs> right. you know, we had to go down the street and, you know, ask our friend to go out and play, <laughs> right. <know? laughs> right. send notes home. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole nother generation that we're working with. I mean, I'm now dealing with the Chromebook thing at school and, everything is on screen. I did a tour of their new, cause I just moved. So they're in a new school and I was taking a tour and I'm like, this is nothing like when I went to school mm-hmm. at all. Um, flex spaces, there's no lines of desks, there's screens, there's whiteboards. We was like, what happened to the overhead projector with a really loud light? And it's like yep. in your ear and the transparencies with the markers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> but I mean, they have no clue none whatsoever. So, um, it's just very interesting. I think one found an old flip phone when we were moving <laughs> and it's like the funnest toy for them. I'm like, that was a phone. Yeah. Like I bet that <laughs> thing still works. 
<laughs> and they're just like, what is this? Is this a toy? I'm like, no, that's what we used. You got to show them the rotary phones. You know, my mom still has one of those. Yeah, my mom had one. They would never know what to do with it. <laughs> oh. Well, I think they even said, so they're a little nervous today because their dad's going to pick them up from school for the first time. And I haven't been able to see if he's gotten the emails or not. He hasn't confirmed it. So they're like, how's he going to know? I'm like, it's a map. It's on our phones. Yeah. Back when we were there, we had paper maps and you followed what exit to get to where you mm -hmm. need to go. And you always went into the gas station and grabbed a map and kept it in your glove box. Like that's right. You know, I there's, remember that. there was no recalculating back in the day. You missed your turn. Like you, you missed had to your go turn. Missed the gas station. Yeah. And my parents would not. highlight the route before. I remember they lay it out on the table, highlight the route and there we'd go. Yeah. Cause I went to college in Florida and I lived in Texas. And so we, my dad and I would drive so I could have my car and then he'd fly back and then he'd fly and we'd drive back for, for Christmas. So I'd have it. He's a great dad. Uh, but we'd have the, the, the atlases and we would, you know, make sure that we were. So when I was like, where are we? I'd have to actually look it up on the map and look at the signs and they would not even know what to do at, at this point. Mm -hmm. It's true. But, I know. And I kind of want to provide them those life skills because you just don't know. I mean, what happened? Um, I think it was Facebook. Something was down a couple months ago and every, it was like crashed. And so everyone was going to their email lists and getting their businesses through their email list and trying to make a point where you shouldn't be doing social media. And that's where you shouldn't be doing all of your business because you don't own it. So it's like one day, if you just like shut something down, then what? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, having kids is fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a constant. We were always, we, we take a walk almost every day to try to stay on the same page. And we talk about, it could just be whatever from the day, but oftentimes it's something parenting related, whether one of the kids needs extra support in some way, or whether it just be about tech time, like we'll oftentimes talk about our discussion topics for the family meeting beforehand. So we kind of are on the same page, but to not have that, it's very, it would be much harder to parent them, especially intentionally, you know, just kind of going off the cuff all the time just isn't a great strategy. No, and you have to stick with it too. Um, consistency, which is hard because you feel like, at least for me, I'm, I'm sole parent. So I got to be mom and dad. And so I was never disciplinarian when we were all together because he was the disciplinarian. I was usually trying to play like, like the buffer, but now having to like re teach them consequences. Well, mom, you're being mean and then they're mad, but they have to also understand I have to do both. They're, I don't have like a bad cop, good cop. So mm -hmm. it's difficult to like, to, to keep that up a lot because sometimes you're just so tired. You just want to hang out with your kid, but you have to send them to your, their room. You're like, you miss out as a parent, but then you're not teaching them a lesson. Um, so it's, it's, it's a difficult balance. Um, who is the disciplinarian? Sounds like, I mean, the way that it sounds, it sounds like it's a very peaceful household. There's no issues. There's no conflict. I'm sure that that's not true. <laughs> no, it's not true, but we do have, uh, we did an episode on family culture that it's not like the tactical thing in the moment that is the right strategy. It is all the other strategies that 
to have them at the family meeting and listen to them and try to get in front of things and have a place where we can discuss things that isn't emotional. Like we will discuss it after the fact and working on all the strategies creates a family culture that we don't have a lot of like big blowouts. Of course we have like a, Hey, like you got to stop doing that. Um, and we give them a reason why we're, we, we view it as we need to define what success looks like for them, whether it's screen times, whether it's an activity like, Hey, you guys can't wrestle and bounce each other off the floor because someone will get hurt. And like, okay, can we use the couch? I'm like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Compromise. Like that solves the problem of getting one bounced off the floor. Right. Uh, so they do it. Um, no, but we do, we both kind of handle the discussions with them. We do. I, I think it's, it's, it's just like the tech time. It's ever evolving. So as the kids get older, so we have a 13, 11, and five. So the 13-year-old oftentimes, since they're with me a, more, because I'm a stay-at-home mom. I mean, I do contribute to the business that that Joe runs, but he works a lot more hours than I do. So I think sometimes when they're with me, they almost try to push the buttons a little more. So as soon as like I could tell I'm not going to be effective, I'll reach out to him and say, hey, like <laughs> I need you to come in and handle this. Plus, Joe has a great way to do it with humor. I'm not as funny as he is. So he just kind of knows how to break the ice. So we do have a good system. But I think really what the core foundation of it all is, is we have six family values. Like they are spelled out. The kids know them. We refer to them constantly. And one of them is being accountable, just being personally accountable. We don't like the blame game. So, you know, when siblings get in fights, oh, well, he did it first and she, you know. He hit me and I watched yesterday. I one hit him and then she just hit right back. I'm like, <laughs> right. do wrongs don't make a right. Now you're both in trouble. And exactly. so like, do we touch each other ever? No. Right. But well, what it comes down to is like, we since we have the personal accountability as a value, I will then say to them, all right, let's sit down. I want you to be accountable. What was your piece in this? I want you to be accountable. What's your piece in this? So they know that language. Versus just yelling at them and telling them to stop. Now, sometimes that's necessary because things have gotten out of hand. But because they we've taught them the the language and the vocabulary of our family values, like gratitude. Hey, are you being grateful right now? Like if they start to give you some attitude, mm. you know, or, or they're unkind. And now our oldest son just started school today. The other two start on Monday. So, you know, he might have an attitude after school. It's, it's his first day. But again, I can have that language that we use with them what's one thing you're grateful for from today even if everything else sucked you know let's refocus on the silver linings and that's just part of our family culture so we do have obviously issues that come up but i think we have a firm foundation as a family of what our values are and what to refer back to when things go south mm -hmm. do you um do you guys do chores and how do you reward allowance tech time um like heat, heat and electricity yeah we we don't do the traditional rewards we see chores we don't even like calling them chores we call them like tasks or oh. contributions so we see it as every person in the family is part of the family everyone gets to contribute so joe touched on earlier our morning routine and the kids come upstairs one of them has to unstack the dishwasher the other one has to like refill the ice tray and give out the vitamins or whatever but that's their contribution so it's almost like this beautiful chaos in the morning in the kitchen where everyone knows what they need to do, what they need to get done before they can use a tech time. So it's not like the tech time is a reward, but they have to complete all their contributions first. So we do they have a checklist as they as they complete it or they just do we it on used, 
Well, we used to have a checklist when they were younger. I think they have it down so well they don't need a checklist. Um, I might restart a checklist with a five-year-old because he doesn't have as many of those contributions yet. But yeah, I used to have these little magnets. They'd have to shift over to the right. I loved those magnets. I wish I still had them. But um, as they got older, they just handled it better. Now, yeah, mine this... had checklists. Mine liked checking the yeah. act of checking, and we made one every day. Um, and I've noticed it falls off when they don't have it. Mm. And I'm like, y'all are old enough to like y'all know what you're supposed to be doing. But you get distracted. Do yeah. I need to make a checklist again? And they're like, yes. So they like physical act. Maybe it's a mental thing or an accountability thing. Oh, I totally agree. And during this, so for our morning routine, they don't, but like in the summertime, they did have a checklist every day, read 15 minutes, read to your little brother. Um, they did a back and forth journal with me. So those things were checklisted, but the morning routine is just so like commonplace now for us that they don't need it for that. But I highly recommend checklists if that helps kids stay accountable. Yeah. Giving them a job or giving them a task. Um, my kids, again, it's hard with a dual co-parent because what you don't have control over what happens to the other one, whether you try to contribute or not. Um, <laughs> so you just have to kind of, uh, I, for me, I have to be very like, this is my, like, I don't like to do my house, my rules. Cause that was just something that just icky. Um, but just like, let's take a big breath. Let's take a break. Remember where we are, remember the rules and this space and like reset because it's, it's hard to battle. Well, we don't have to do it there, but we have to do it here and just setting expectation, but kids really like structure and crave structure. Uh, my son was struggling today because he didn't for last night. Cause they got to go. They, they, we were doing week on week off. So they were gone for a week, which is a pretty long time for them to be away. And it was the first time. And they are going back because now we're back on our like every other weekend schedule. Um, and he was like, I'm not ready to go back over there because I just got back. And I said, yeah, but this is now going to be the schedule. It's only for a couple of days. They lack so much over there. I think he's finally figuring like he was craving. He likes the structure because it's just we've been very regimented going back to school. We're going to you know going to bed at this time. We're not going to snack after this time. And they fight me on it all day, but him not mm -hmm. wanting to go over there or, or shift shows that it's working. They're just being kids or, you know, maybe looking for attention. It's a different type of way of getting it, but, um, they really cool. do like it. I agree that kids crave and need structure, even if they fight it. And I, before I stayed at home with my kids, I was a social worker for five years and I worked with families that oftentimes were not together. And I think the biggest takeaway for some of these parents was that just because the spouse isn't doing it in their home, you should do it in yours because when your child grows up, they will be able to look back and say, which home style did I prefer? And you will give them, you will be giving them an option. Versus yeah. giving them two chaotic situations and then they don't know what to do. So even if it's harder for you because you're trying to instill that structure, when they fast forward and they're on their own, they'll be able to reflect back and choose which one they think worked better for themselves if someday they have their own family or whatever. So I think even though it's a struggle, as I can see, um, I think that your effort is worthwhile. Well, they do actually, I'll ask them sometimes, like, do you do this at your dad's? And they'll say, yes. I said, so why can't you do it here? Because <laughs> they do do, because they, 
they try to keep him very happy and just like keep him from like getting on them. And so I think they have such, it's so much more relaxed and warmer here that I feel like they go a little too far to the other side of it. And it's like, you still have to clean up after yourself, pick up your plate and put it in the trash or whatever it is. But, um, I think it's, it's just, I give them a little room. So they know they get about a day to like loosen up. I'll be a little more lax, but you got until like, you got like a day when you come home for like transition time. Cause I think that's fair. And then we're like right back at it because right. you know, it's, a, you can't make excuses all the time. Um, cause that doesn't help anybody. <laughs> that's true. Transitions are important. Even when our kids come home from school, you know, last year, my oldest would come home and then my middle child is like, Hey, can we go play soccer right now? And the oldest got really upset. So I went and discussed it with him and he shared with me that when he gets home from school, he needs like 15 minutes to just cool off. He can't go out and just start playing soccer. That might be the 11 year old's way to get it out of his system. The 13 year old is much more introverted. So like hearing out how each kid might do differently with transitions. So being sensitive to that is helpful. Yeah. I've noticed this new school, they came back and they're like, I don't know if it's just because it's new and they're over simulated or who knows, but they've been just super loud and super crazy. And I'm like, this is not typical. So we just, I mean, it's only been a couple of days, but uh, my sitter and I have decided when they come home from school, we're going to try, you know, it's all, you know, we try and see if it works right. Test it, track it, tweak it. And we're like, when they come home, we're going to maybe like separate and just 15 minutes, quiet time, see what happens. And then we'll come back and, and play together. Cause I think they're together so much over the summer and now they're apart, which is nice at school. They breaks. And then it's like, let's ease them back into being together. Cause it's just chaotic. I like that test it, track it, tweak it. That's, yeah. I almost want to try to implement that in our family meeting. Cause when we come Ooh. up with it, when we come up with something as a solution and we say, let's try it for a week, I can say, let's, let's test it. And then next week, let's track it while the week goes on and then tweak it if we need to. So it's the same kind of system. We just have like, it's really helpful for the kids to know on Saturday, we're going to have this meeting. We're going to have be able to discuss things and they will be able to be part of the solution. It's really powerful. So I wonder if you ask them individually or together at a meeting or something, how they think that transition back from school to home would work. Maybe they'll have some cool ideas. Yeah. Their idea is like, we want ice cream every day. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) we're back to just sweet, like a sweet treat on Friday. Like this isn't summer anymore. And we're no snacking after four 30 because my oldest is a big snacker and like trying to get a meal out of him. Um, and now I've, I've now implemented where I make dinner. If you don't like it, you can go make yourself a peanut butter sandwich (laughs) or a protein shake. (laughs) He knows how to make his own protein shake. So you get those two options and I'm not doing it for you. Because I'm not making 16 different meals. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We love that. We, uh, if they don't like what's being made, they have two or three options that we've pre-approved that they know how to make, that they can make and bring to the table and be ready for dinner time. And our oldest used to be huge snacker too. Not the other ones. I don't know. Maybe it's something with the oldest, (laughs) but we started to implement different strategies. You could put like his snacks that he wanted in one Ziploc bag for the week and eat them when he wanted but once the bag was empty that was it for the week and then you could put some more back in there for the next week it only fit a few items so he'd pick days where he was actually hungry and then he kind of just phased out of it and stopped doing that but that was our kind of our bridge 
Huh. Cause he will like, I'll grab a bunch like apple slices and he'll take the thing because he eats healthy snacks. He's at least not snacking on crappy food. He eats me out of house and home with fruits and vegetables, which is good. But he'll take the apples. I'll I'll and I'll like shop and it's like, all right, this is for our lunches too, when we pack lunches to go to school. And I'll go and I'm like, get a bowl. Like, don't he'll just sit and eat them. And I'm like, then they're gone. He'll leave one <laughs> or two. Uh, yeah. Or like, water watermelon. He'll leave the like white ones or, or just the rind. <laughs> I had to pick out the good pieces for my middle son because he never gets to them in time before the older one eats them all. <laughs> You have to eat fast. I well, he'll leave too. He's like, Well, you told me not to eat them all. I'm like, Yes, yes, you technically followed my directions. However, would would this be um is this suitable? Like, <laughs> do you think this is a good serving for a person? I know I didn't say all, so maybe we should tweak that um that verbiage, you know, like right six or whatever, because he technically did not eat all of them. So he is smart and figured out a way around it. At the same time, it's like, you know, better. <laughs> right. But can't say you didn't listen. They are clever. Yes, they are. Yeah. And boys will just eat you at a house and home. You have three of them. I know I'm slowly like we're back into the game now of like, I had to make lunch for one and he has football right after school. So even though he's 13, I'm like at lunch, you must eat the sandwich and grapes. And then if you can eat the snacks throughout the day, because some of the teachers said that they're cool with that, you know, I just tried to like prep him because he's going to be starving after football. So I'll have to be ready. Yeah. My six-year-old came home yesterday and I had to take my daughter to an appointment and I came back and my nanny was like, Zach ate so much. And I'm like, <laughs> he's six. Like how much really could this child eat? And he ate like, well, he had mac and cheese and then he wanted a sandwich and then he ate the leftovers chicken and then i'm like okay gross spurt gross spurt or you didn't eat lunch today at at school and she's like no he ate all his lunch and i was like okay and it begins now i've got this other boy my oldest snacks so we, we blow through snacks and then my daughter is a really great eater she'll eat anything and then he is now gonna start eating like now i'm i'm seeing it so grocery bill um <laughs> But yeah, we're big peanut butter people. We get a, a lot of calories for a little, for a less price when it comes to that. They're making their sandwiches. They do peanut butter and bananas. They just do a spoonful of peanut butter. Yeah. Sometimes Mel makes homemade peanut butter that we use for ourselves or walnut butter. Uh, but they, uh, they, they're big after it. Yeah, I keep a jar of peanut butter in my office because that's just what I do. I mean, yeah. hey. <laughs> and then my my oldest will do that. He he eats peanut butter and apples. And then I'm like, I mean, that's a, I will never say no to that, but, um, I will mention one thing before we wrap is, um, you mentioned you make your own kombucha. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking it right now. Is that what you're drinking? Yep. <laughs> How long does it take to batch that? We make five gallons a week. So we started out with just a little bit, but once we got our initial starter tea created, cause that's the toughest part. Like if you can get starter tea from someone, you're, you're golden. Um, takes about a week to, it's called starter tea. So we had to just make it ourselves from like a bottle of plain kombucha. I honestly don't remember how, but you can look it up. That took about a month. And then once I did that, basically every week I have to brew a gallon of tea with sugar in it. So it's like, um, you do a full gallon of tea, one cup of sugar, dissolve it. And then I flavor all my kombucha and then I pour that back in. So it just keeps regrouping. So I 
I'd say seven to ten days to brew it. Okay. Yeah, and your kids drink it? They no. drink some of they drink Did some they of it. Yeah. It's uh they like the flavored ones. It's like we just use fruit juice to flavor it. Use green tea or black or tea. Honey. Honey is a really good one. Honey and lemon. Uh, but kombucha is something that's very expensive at the store from what we we're talking about and like not that expensive to make. We just get huge bags of green tea, organic green tea, and just melt bruise it. And yeah. we have our kombucha. We do similar with, we do kefir, which is like a, a milk version of kombucha. Um, same, same kind of concept. And um, the kids really like, for the homemade stuff, they like the oatmeal that Mel likes, the granola. I make granola and we also do sourdough. So like today I'm going to make, right after this, I'm going to go make the sourdough for the pizza dough for tonight. Because that'll be super easy once the kids get home from sports. But the kombucha is great. We love it. And it's not that hard once you have the starter tea. It's really inexpensive. And it's already just become part of our routine. That's very cool. You guys seem like you have a very good routine. Because I'm all about running it as like a system. Like there should be system self-sufficient. I have like a system for them in the mornings for their clothes. Like we'll set it out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday the week before. So they know which one to go to. So I don't have to worry about what they're wearing. At times, my son, my oldest will change the things that I'm like, he was wearing sweatpants yesterday to go to school. Cause he, it's comfortable for him. Must be a sensory thing. I'm like it is 107 today. Right. Your recess, if you go is at noon, like you're not wearing sweatpants. And he was doing safety patrol at school. Cause he's in fourth grade. You have to be outside and it's 86 degrees out. And it's six in the morning. Like, no. And then he had a jacket on when we were leaving. And I'm like, you're going to overheat child. Like, wait till you get into the air conditioning to, you right. know, sometimes they have to learn the hard way. It's really interesting. <laughs> I think yeah. I want them to learn a hard way, but here it'll be heat stroke. Like, well, I'm yeah, you have to obviously rein it in when it's something so extreme. Yeah. 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 yeah to your point, systems are very important. Otherwise you have, you're basically get, get up in the morning and decide, how to handle the chaos of that day fresh every single day. At least systems gets you in the game and get to 80% of the way there, there and limits the chaos to maybe 20% of the day. And it gives you a framework to handle those types of situations, whether it's discussing with them tech time, screen time, what to make for dinner, what to eat, what's appropriate. As long as there's a framework, it's manageable. And even if there is chaos that comes up, we always like filter and go back to our family values and that helps us to just make decisions. It's all so about controlling that. what you can, like control what you can, because when the things that you can't, you at least have a grip on the things that yeah. like they, they run smoothly, have systems right. that are like routine, you know what you have to do. So then you don't have to be as involved. Yeah. They're exactly. much more self-sufficient now. We could probably leave for like a couple hours or even a day and they could feed themselves. You know, they could handle it because we've instilled some of those skills over time. Have you started leaving them alone yet? Because you have a 13-year-old. Mine's nine, almost 10. He he could stay probably if I was close by. Could probably just put him on the Nintendo and he would never move. Uh <laughs> we have. We we've gone out for a couple hours for hikes and like dinner or something. Yeah, we usually pay, honestly the middle one is the most responsible. So <laughs> although the older was one step it up a bit like we live on the side of a mountain. Occasionally we get bears around here, and that makes the little one, the middle one, nervous. And so he likes to keep out his eye out for bears and stuff like they're going to come inside. Um, but but we... it's the combo though. Like the oldest is a bit more, he doesn't worry. 
The middle one worries more. So they balance each other out. Middle one is more responsible, but worries. The older one is not as responsible, but doesn't worry. So they have like this nice combination. And even the other day when they, they were taking the trash out and we literally are on a mountain, all of a sudden this dog is chasing three moose, which is very unusual. My one son like jumped into the bushes because these moose can be mean. And then as soon as he like took cover for himself, he yelled to the other brother, like, get inside. Mm -hmm. So like they kind of, we try to teach them to stay really calm because when you panic, you can't think clearly. And they were mm -hmm. able to, you know, impromptu kind of show that they can handle it. So that was like a, almost grateful for that weird situation that came up yesterday. Yeah. And every day you see three moose running by. <laughs> no, a mom and two cats, they were pulling the garbage one way and the dog was chasing the moose the other way almost towards them so they yeah, the moose got away too which was great they kind of ran through our yard and down that down the mountain a little bit and the oldest one's like oh this is so cool i got chased by a moose today like he thought it was the coolest thing but to your question i feel like as they show that they're more responsible and that they could handle situations on the fly like that the more we can give them responsibility to be home alone you know for a little while or, or whatever the case may be yeah, they um for some reason they came back from their dad's like a couple weeks ago. And maybe it's a little extreme, but hey, it worked. Um, my youngest thought it was kind of he was making a joke about being um kidnapped because I was trying to explain to them because it's like stay close, this or that, right? Just trying to make a point. And then I, I maybe I was so, super irritable. I don't know. Maybe I was just wrong side of the bed, but it was making me mad that he wasn't taking it seriously when I was trying to make like a very important point. And so I said, you know what, when we go home, we're watching kidnapping videos. And I uh, totally did it. I sat them all down. I did. I pulled up YouTube and he's like, well, we don't, you don't watch YouTube. I'm like, I will, I know how to use YouTube just because I don't watch it in front of YouTube. Um, and I brought up some and it was like news, like obviously happy stories because it's news, but it's real time. Um, and my youngest was real quick to uh, like, he was pulling like, are we done watching this now? I was like, nope, you're going to watch it until you think it's not funny anymore because I'm not making this up. And they're like, I was like, this is why we say like, don't walk out the front door. Don't, you know, you know, and so it really honed. I mean, maybe a little bit extreme, but my, uh, the next day they told my mom, mom made us watch kidnapping videos. And she's like, what? So I'm like, well, and she's like, well, did it work? And you're like, yeah. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's too far. We've set up scenarios where like we quote unquote leave and we have someone come to the door to see how they would respond because it's a good test of their skills. We go over it, but we want to make sure they know it. We don't want the first time they're being tested or someone comes to the door looking to get in or case the joint or whatever, that that's the first time they have to react to a situation like that. So testing them is not a bad thing. No, there's a, so there was a, a show that I stumbled upon while picking out these videos. And it's the Austra I think it's the Australian show. And it's a bunch of parents sitting in a room and there's actors that the kids don't know they're actors, but the kids think that they're doing like a mission. And there's an actor that comes and tries to, you know, tempt them with puppies and they watch their kids react. And it's heartbreaking for the ones that are like, no. And then others are like, yeah, we, we instilled some good stuff. So they test them and it gives them um, a really good snapshot. So they figured out that, I mean, it was all about puppy or candy. So of course it's like, there's other ways guys that, um, that it can happen, but, uh, it got the point across. Yeah. I think that's the balance between making them fearful 
and the way to work them through that fear is to teach them the skill that could help them in, in that situation, teach them what to say, what to do. And then they move through fear versus just saying like, Hey, keep an eye on the windows. A bear might break in <laughs> like that instilling fear, but not teaching them a skill. And that'd be not great for the children, but working on the skills and we do the animal animal classes and we've been out bow hunting before and come across bears and like they've seen how to act and react and like they they feel more confident once they work through that stage it's like that extreme with bear grillis or whatever <laughs> yeah bear grillis it's called oh, grillis bear grillis yeah so, i said it on the other day and he was like stuck in um quicksand and then he pulls out this thing that blows up and he's like i'm like well he prepared for everything and you never know because if you're I said, listen, guys, he has 10 people around him. He's got a camera crew. He's fine. But if it were you, you he's teaching you what to do. And it was just funny because he was just on our TV the other day. And like, I always see a funny meme that like TV shows that in our childhood made us think quicksand was going to be a bigger deal than it is. Like everyone got stuck in quicksand in our kids shows, whether it was uh, Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah. or, like every week, someone got stuck in quicksand and Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah, funny exactly. Well, my son is a big like documentary person, really into um, uh, dinosaurs and things. And I think he saw something on TV, and it was like something killing something. He goes, "It's life." I'm like, that doesn't bother you. He's like, "It's life." I'm like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> or I was watching something. I think it was a tarantula shedding. It's exoskeleton. It was gross, and it was sped up. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" And my he was like, "Mom, if you need to leave." that's cute you're okay with this like this is gross it's like it's cool i'm like but you can leave mom if you need to if it's too much for you i'm like i i can't even with you with you but that's fine there's worse things you could be watching on tv but that's true well i really appreciate you guys being here and um hopefully our listeners enjoyed listening to you guys it's great i never really have a lot of like duos especially i've got husband and wife so it's really fun um and we have very similar we get that a lot yeah what? yeah we that get what? that a lot that we're a duo like people are surprised but you know, we love podcast, doing it together yeah. the reason why That's... we focus and like do this initiative is so that we get better at parenting ourselves so we learn tactics from our conversations today and the, what we focus on is what we improve and so we get to do it together which is very cool well that's the best thing is like you have to have a good partnership and your team you shouldn't be working against each other and so, you know, when the kids can see that, then it's just, it's a lot more, it's a lot easier. Right. So, yep. but, um, where can our listeners find you, follow you, find maybe that, um, I know you have, a um, a guide that has like your family values that can help guide if everyone is um, interested, because, um, I think you guys have a really great strategy. Well, thank, thank you. you so much, Heather. Everyone can find us at strongfamilyproject.com. Our, our free giveaway there is the Strong Family Path, which includes how we do our family meetings, how to choose your family values, how to set up the morning routine. A lot of the stuff we talked about today, where it's the overall strategies. It's not telling you like, do what we do. It's like, here's some strategies, choose what works for your family within the strategy. What are your core values? What do you want your morning routine to look like? So we help teach people that. And it's all over at strongfamilyproject.com. We are on YouTube's been our bigger platform right now. But if you visit the website, that's where you can get download the PDF. And if we put out something new, we'll shoot you an email. Awesome. And you'll, all the links will be in the show notes. And so if the listeners are um, compelled to, to reach out to you guys, please do. We all, I mean, I like to hear feedback, you know, and I'm sure you do as well, or tips and tricks as well. And so um, I really appreciate you guys being here. 
and I hope you guys come back. Thanks, and, Heather. Uh, I appreciate really it. appreciate it, Heather. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, of course. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you liked what you had to, what you heard today, please go and check it out. Rate, review, all the things, and we will catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.